The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. I'm Carly Meisberger. On this episode, we talk to Rafael Otto, the Director of Communications at Children's Institute. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. This is Phil Bussey. I'm joined in the studio today with the Director of Communications from the Children's Initiative, Rafael Otto. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. Great. So, so the Children's Initiative, this sounds uh, important and noble. <laughs> important and noble. Well, first, of all, I just got to do a quick correction. Children's Institute. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, oh, oh no. you know what? I, I, I turned 50 this year and I need to start wearing glasses. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're a nonprofit organization. We've been around since 2003 and we're based in downtown Portland, Primarily, uh, I mean, we're, we're an advocacy organization, so we're working on uh, early childhood issues uh, across the state of Oregon. And we have a, also have a number of projects working with schools and districts to improve early learning. Our focus is early childhood education, which we talk about as being uh, from birth or really prenatal to through third grade. Okay, and 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 part of what it is 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 both about those years, but it is also tied into, as I read on the website, about building a stronger economy, yeah, and more resilient. So it's it's about uh, uh, planting seeds for these children's future. As that sounds a little that sounded a little bit like a little corny to say it that way, but no, but uh, there's so there's. Um... The, the importance of the early years really can't be understated. I mean, there's uh, what we know now in terms of uh, if we think about just the development of the child, brain development, 90% of a child's brain is developed by the time they're five years old. So the more we can do to enrich early learning environments for kids during those years, um, the, they'll be, you know, the They'll be better off. They'll have, they'll be they'll develop on a on a better track, um, and there are lots of different ways to do that. So when we talk about early childhood, it's not just a single program necessarily, but it's really all kinds of programs and services to meet the needs of kids at that age. Yeah, well, I know it's a wide variety of things we're talking about here, but let's talk about maybe some of the reasons that children aren't getting what they need for the correct development. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, I mean, there. That, that's an interesting way to look at it, right? Um, and we know that, uh, for example, um, there's, there are many different differences in the way that um, uh, the opportunities that families can provide their kids. Um, uh, fam- families that have uh, more substantial resources, who are more affluent, tend to provide uh, richer kinds of learning experiences for their kids. And a lot of times they're purchasing those things. But um, uh, what we can put into those early years is, is, is truly important. I think one of the things that's um, really essential to think about when we're talking about early childhood is, is the value of early childhood is that um, parents and families are absolutely essential partners in this. We're not talking about uh, implementing kinds of pro- programs that um, are excluding parents or families, which is sometimes the feeling that you get in K-12. But um, what we're talking about is uh, oftentimes um, 
just in, enriched early learning experiences from birth to three, increased reading at home, uh, increased access to, um, I mean, some of the state investments that are happening now around early intervention and early childhood special education, for example. These are kids that have uh, developmental delays and disabilities, and they need additional supports. So if they're not getting those kinds of supports, um, they're less likely to do well as they enter the school system and get older and want and participate in the in the education system. So the more we can do early on, uh, the, the more we can help those kids uh, move through their education system. And, and because you are focusing statewide, do you find that the, the challenges in Portland are, are the same as the challenges in Grants Pass? Or, yeah. are, are, I mean, is, uh, there, how much do you need to customize geographically and, and for different situations? We, we, like have to be, we have to be really aware about um, uh, the differences between urban communities and rural communities. And what we, we also think about is, is frontier communities, communities that have really, in many cases, just a, a lack of, of, of resources to, to provide these kinds of programs and services for their kids. Um, you know, we, we've profiled a, a, a number of families recently who are living in rural communities around the state who needed early intervention and early childhood special education services. So we talked to a family who lives down in Yankala in Douglas County um, who needed those services. And when their child turned three, the, the ability for them to get those services in their home, in their home community, was, was, really, it was really difficult. So they ended up having to bus their child an hour one way to a two-hour preschool program that was a very supportive preschool, but it was the kind of preschool that they needed, and then having to bus their child an hour back. So it was a, it was a very intense experience for, for, for that family, and we know that there are families all over rural Oregon that are dealing with similar kinds of issues. Um, the access question is really much more problematic in rural communities around Oregon. Absolutely, and, and I mean, which then begs the question, like, you're not going to change the geography, yeah, uh, you know. So, so how how do you confront that, or how do you remedy an issue like that? Well, can one, you? It's um, there's there's no silver bullet solution to this. One mm-hmm. of the things that you can do is you can bring people together uh, in in communities all over the state who want to work on solving the problems. And there are lots of different ways to do that. And I think our our early works initiative, which is a project currently working with. Uh, two schools right now, one here in Multnomah County at Earl Boyles Elementary and the other down in Yonkala uh, at Yonkala Elementary in North Douglas County. I mean, I mean, the easiest way to describe that work or that project is that these are people coming together through the school community to try to create solutions for kids and families. And they look, you know, the, the that project looks different in both of those locations. It's a lot of that work starts with really evaluating what the community needs and wants, like doing an, a very intentional assessment around what can happen, and then bringing people to the table to cr- to try to create solutions. And I think really that's the that's what you have to do um, to to make progress. Yeah, let's let's talk about that a little bit more. So so this started almost ten years ago. Is that correct? Yeah, the the first site started in two thousand ten. Uh, you know, so that is you. You have some kids who are at the end of high school at this point. Uh, well, we didn't. The kids didn't quite like stage through the program. I mean, the the initial the initial steps in that project was to do the uh, community needs assessment, figure out what was happening. We did some initial work at Earl Boyles Elementary around helping to get a bond passed. That bond uh, helped the elementary school 
embed an early learning wing into the elementary school. And that's, that, that's a pretty, more and more schools are doing that now, but especially 10 years ago, that was a pretty innovative idea. So the, this is the idea where it's not just learning starting at kindergarten, but you're actually having programs and services in place, things like preschool mm-hmm. for kids embedded into that, that K-12 environment so that that progression from the time that they're born all the way up until kindergarten and beyond um, is kind of all in place in the school. So um, th- those initial set of kids, um, yeah, if, I, don't, I, I don't remember the exact year the preschool opened, but what we've been seeing over time is that more and more kids in that Earl Boyles community are getting preschool, and that's we're seeing very concrete results as they move into into the K twelve into the elementary grades. I just, I just want to make sure that I'm understanding. So so in a way, you're 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 stretching out. Uh, public school so that it's starting earlier. Is that yeah, another way of saying it? Yeah, I think that's a good way of saying it. And it's and we were, we're really dependent on community partners to make that happen. ERCO is a significant partner out at Earl Boyles. MECP, which is the Multnomah Early Childhood Program, focusing on early intervention and early childhood special ed, is out there. Multnomah Community College Head Start is out there providing preschool. And we have a number of other partners that have been doing a range of things. So the, the key to making a project like Early Works really work and have impact is, is bringing community partners to the table and have, having everybody work on a common goal. And, and then the secondary, uh, so, so the uh, Earl Boyles Elementary School in the David Douglas School District, yeah. which, is, which is local here in Portland. Uh, and, and then the second area is, is not near here. No, I mean, if you go down I-5 about two and a half hours, you're going to hit the town of Yonkala. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in North Douglas County. Uh, Yonkala is a small town. It's about 1,000 people. Um, and there are basically, there's the Yonkala Elementary School and then the Yonkala Middle and High School uh, where the kids go, uh, where the kids attend. It looks very different down in Yonkala compared to what we're doing up here. There's a similar approach, though. We, we started working in Yonkala in 2012. We looked at the community needs through an assessment. We have a, a full-time staff person who works in Yonkala. She actually lives down in that region and works there. Uh, and she's kind of the glue that holds all of that together. Um, and similar things. They've been able to open up a preschool. They, have, uh, they didn't expand the school through facilities, but they, uh, they've created a space for families so that parents and families can be more engaged in the school. And they have a great new project now that just uh, yielded some, you know, a brand new health clinic for the region. The clinic is actually located in Drain, which is just down the street from Yonkala. But this was a tremendous community process. Um, The Umpqua Community Health Center based out of Roseburg uh, took the lead in opening the clinic in Drain. And they did this because North Douglas County um, the the health outcomes and the access to health care was really among the worst in the in the entire state of Oregon. So by opening this clinic, they're responding to this r- crucial community need, and it's it's a need for adults and for kids uh, across the whole spectrum. But the, uh, it's really a combination of community this uh, Yankala drain and then people from Elkton as well coming together to say this is what we need and we're going to see if we can make this happen and it just opened this month so it's uh, huge news for that community and 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 to to sort of give some more profile of Yonkala and this is off of uh, your website but the test scores show that 80% of the district's kindergartners are scoring below or even well below 
entry-level benchmarks. That yeah, that that had that had been the case, and since now what we've seen with that preschool having opened now for a couple of years, we're seeing those numbers change. And you know, the preschool, uh, the funding for the preschool is the is the state's newest uh, preschool program called Preschool Promise. Um, that the first classrooms for Preschool Promise opened in 2016. And uh, it's only, across the state, it's only 1,300 kids. So we, we feel pretty lucky that Yankala is able to have a classroom there. Um, and that preschool comes with, you know, when we're talking about how that is structured, is teacher ratios, a specific kind of curriculum and approach to learning for young kids. Uh, and so we're starting to see the, the results of that rich early learning environment change the outcomes for kids in and what they're able to know and learn and have in place by the time they reach kindergarten. And and some of this presumes, I mean, the the, the project in Yonkala, the the Earl Boyles Elementary School expanding, it presumes that if you build it, they will come. To to some extent, I mean, or is that is that wrong? I mean, there has to be not just you're building, you're offering these services, but you're providing some sort of outreach. Uh, you're doing more than just opening the door. You have to somehow beckon people to come through it. Yeah, and it, it, I would say it's it's less about if you build it, they will come, but if you create an invitation and if you are really open to creating an honest and working relationship with the community that you're working in, you're going you're gonna to see results. I mean, this it's the reality is, is the work doesn't get done on, on, until you have those relationships in place. And that's that's extremely important. Um, and our our site liaison, Erin Helgren, who works in Yonkala, um, she's been absolutely essential in being able to build those relationships and kind of make sure that everybody's continually coming together um, toward working on this common cause. And and this isn't cheap to do. It's not inexpensive. No, no it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> um, it isn't. And and I'll say you know and and the the partners in Yonkala are different than they are. In in uh, Multno- up here in Multnomah County, Ford Family Foundation, based in Douglas County, is uh, they're absolutely um, committed to investing in rural communities in the state of Oregon, and they've been an essential partner for us in Yonkala. Rafael Otto is the director of communications for Children's Institute. Uh, you brought in some music for us to listen to. I did. I would love it if you uh, if we could play something from Brazil. Does that sound good? Sounds great.
Phil Bossi, it's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm joined today by with Rafael Otto. I, I don't know the nuts and bolts of this, but but uh, your organization is really at the helm of leading the Student Success Act. Is that correct? So many organizations were advocating for the passage of the Student Success Act. Uh, what's important to understand about the SSA is that this, this secures a billion dollars per year. So it's, this is an annual investment per year in the state's education system. Now, the reason we're so excited about it is that 20% of that billion, about $200 million per year, is dedicated specifically to early childhood. So not only is it an investment in early childhood, but it's a recognition that early childhood programs and services are connected to the K-12 system. So the rest of that investment is a K-12 investment. So many K-12 advocates were part of part of working on that that bill to pass it. We were part of standing. Uh, we were, we took took the lead on on standing up the early childhood coalition, which we did in 2018. So this is about 40 or so organizations that came together over a common agenda specifically on early childhood. And we saw that, uh, we actually saw those initial recommendations from the governor's office come in last November. So kudos to the governor's office for recognizing the fact that early childhood needed additional investments. And then that bill shaped up during the 2019 session and we pushed pushed hard to get it passed and it did. Yeah, and and, I mean, so we're talking about Oregon state money. Yeah. And I feel like we hear so much about how state governments are are, are um, pinching pennies, but you guys loosened up the purse strings quite a bit then. Well, the, so the Student Success Act is one element of it. There's another bill that was paired with that that passed the uh, corporate activities tax for the state of Oregon. This is a tax that will impact about 40,000 businesses in the state. Um, and so... Uh, as you might expect, with some form of new tax, there was some opposition. There was a lot of support. Um, uh, organizations like Oregon Business and Industry remain neutral on that tax, which uh, means that they also weren't fighting the tax. So I think a lot of um, it, a lot of people are obviously in, in support of it and see the fact that this is a true investment in in actual kids in classrooms. Right, and 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 for the sake of, I mean, you're you're saying businesses may be uh, uh, wary of an additional tax, but it's it's an investment in the future workforce. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it seems to me it's a pretty easy argument to make. Right. 
Yeah. Um, no, but it, it is an easy ar- argument to make. And there's been a lot of, you know, um, there's there's been some significant research that's been done over many years that also shows that there's a tremendous return on investment, particularly when you're talking about dollars that go into early childhood, meaning birth to five programs and services. That return on investment is about 13%. Um, and that's been proven over and over again. So it's a great investment in many ways for Oregon. So $200 million for uh, early child development. Uh, can, can, can you sort of play that out? How, how does that get spent? Yeah. So some of that money is going to go into preschool programs. Um, when we talk about state preschool programs, these are programs that serve low-income families. So the Head Start program, which is federally funded, uh, is for low-income families. The state also puts in its own Head Start dollars called Oregon Pre-Kindergarten. Preschool Promise stretches that low-income threshold so that you're, you're at t- about 200% of the federal poverty, federal poverty threshold. So more kids are going to get preschool because of this investment. A huge investment in, in, out of that $200 million is uh, a, a large percentage of that is going toward early intervention and early childhood special education. So when we're talking about these rural families that have, have lack of access, you're going to start to see those services expand. You're going to start to see more kids who have been diagnosed with de- developmental delays get the services that they actually need and that the services, the services that can actually help them get up to speed by the time they reach kindergarten. The interesting thing about that is that EIECSE, which is Early Intervention, Early Childhood Special Education, right, EIECSE, if you do it right, it actually saves K-12 money because kids are getting up to to speed, and by the time they get to kindergarten, they don't have to go into special education for K-12. So not only is it doing the right thing for kids and families, but it's saving K-12 money. Um, there's uh, money in there for workforce development, for scholarships for early childhood uh, teachers. There's money in there for home visiting services, which serve families with newborns. So you're looking at uh, serving those uh, young children from birth to age three. Um, lots of, there's, there's a lot in that package, but those are some highlights. And, and I've lost track of this a bit, but Portland ha- still has its uh, child investment fund? The levy? Yeah. 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 The, the Portland Children's Levy. That's still in place, and that's the city of Portland. Um, so and, we should be all set. Yeah, yeah. Right? Says, I mean, the city's funding this, the, the state's <laughs> funding it. What's right, wrong? Right. No. I mean, that's that's what's really so exciting about these investments is that it's going to take uh, Oregon's education system to another level, and it's much needed. Right. And... and, and um, Talk to me a little bit about where Oregon stacks up nationally. I, I think there's 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 often, I mean, when we talk about high school graduation rates, it can be really unnerving how low Oregon often scores. Yeah, second worst in the country. I mean, we're number 49 in terms of high school graduation rates. So one of the reasons that Children's Institute exists is to put attention on the early years. And the reason why we talk about the that, that early learning spectrum as birth to third grade is that the third grade benchmark, and there's been a ton of research done on this, but when a when a, a child is reading on grade level at third grade, they're much more likely to graduate from high school. If they're not reading on grade level by third grade, they're four times four times as likely to drop out of high school. If they're not reading on, on grade level in third grade and they're from a low-income environment family, they're six times as likely to drop out of high school. So what we can do to change the graduation rate from our perspective is invest early and we can see that impact. It's not a short-term strategy. That's that's kind of it's going to take a while. 
but we know it'll work. I want to just wrap up our conversation by talking about you have a, you have your you have a new podcast. You have a podcast. I do. Yeah, yeah. We've been producing a podcast called the Early Link Podcast for a little while now. Um, and we just set up a new partnership with Portland Radio Project to reach a broader audience. And and uh, it talks about national, regional, locals connected to early childhood care and, and education. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of, one of the like as far as the terminology goes, one of the ways that we're that has changed in the field is we're talking about early care and education. So it's not just preschool, but we're also thinking about childcare environments and what that means for learning. So when we talk about early care and education, we can kind of capture everything. But we've had uh, we've we've done some stories in Oregon about uh, what what early learning looks like. A lot of interviews. We've had some national voices on there. Uh, early childhood leaders like Ruby Takanishi and A.J. Chaudhry recently. We also had a, a great conversation with Pedro Nogueira recently about education and inequality. Um, so it's there's kind of a range of things that we cover on the podcast. And and, and so is this more of uh, uh, of interviews or are you talking about you're doing profile pieces when you're out in the field and there's some some soundscapes to it there 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 are some pieces with soundscapes for the most part we're doing interviews uh i was just down in yonkala a couple weeks ago and i interviewed the key players and helping this getting this this clinic in north douglas county to open uh so that we actually profiled a, a parent who was really involved in the process, the superintendent from the Elkton School District, and a few people from the Umpqua Community Health Clinic, uh, just to get that story, to get the information about why they were doing the work that that uh, they're doing. So some of it, some of our segments are more story-oriented. Sometimes we're a little bit more policy-heavy, um, but it's it's all things early childhood. And, and so people can... Uh turn the station away from x-ray over to, to, to another uh, local station or they can they can find this downloaded how yeah so we have uh, all of our episodes are available on our website at childinst.org they're also going to be available on prp.fm um, and we're, we're streaming on itunes stitcher google play spotify so we're out there uh, and then finally uh, is uh, the children's institute still giving out the alexander award we we uh, we just went through a process. We reached our fifteenth anniversary last year. We changed the form. We normally we were doing an annual kind of a larger annual event where we would have it at the port, at the Children's Museum, and we've shifted away from that. So for now, we've kind of put a hold on that larger profile event, and we've put a hold on the Alexander Award. But more more to come. Excellent. Rafael Otto is the director of communications for Children's Institute. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Podcast from Children's Institute is called The Early Link. You can listen on most podcast platforms and on air from Portland Radio Project, 99.1 FM. The podcast airs the second and fourth Sunday of the month, so check it out this Sunday at 4.30 p.m. The nonprofit happy hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.